WCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. What happens to U.S. veterans who have, had, who have to live with the consequences of paranormal experiences they had while they were in the service? Can anything be done about it? Hey there, and welcome to the 480th, 80th, 84th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those seldom heard questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening we bring you a familiar guest and his attorney for a very unusual discussion. And uh, we welcome your calls if you desire to favor us. The number is 248-545-7685. Again, that's 248-545-7685. Before we begin, uh, this Saturday, September 21st, I know this, this is very little notice here, but Ben and I will participate in the Rhode Island Take Steps for Crohn's and Colitis at Cold State Park in Bristol, Rhode Island. Now, I know most of you live every which where, but in case you do happen to live in southeastern New England, uh, or you want to join and you want to join Team Behind the Paranormal for the walk, we'd love to have you with us. Even if you can't participate, you know, you live in Australia or somewhere, please consider making a contribution in uh, any amount. There's a link to our walk and donation page at BehindTheParanormal.com. It's right there on the homepage. You can register there or just make a contribution. Even if it's five bucks, we'd appreciate it. We have a young family member who suffers from Crohn's disease, and any support is very much appreciated. Now to our guests. John Burroughs, a native of Bloomington, Illinois, joined the U.S. Air Force right after high school, assigned to the security police uh, at the air air base at RAF Bentwaters in eastern England. He became a key eyewitness to the UFO landings in the adjacent Rendlesham Forest in December 1980. It's safe to say that John has been paying for it ever since. Now retired from the Air Force, John has co-authored a book on the Rendlesham Forest incident with fellow eyewitnesses Jim Penniston, eyewitness Jim Penniston, uh, Encounter in Rendlesham Forest, the inside, inside story of the world's best documented UFO incident uh, to be released next year. As a matter of fact, it was on this show that they, answered, that they announced their intention to write that book. I'm kind of proud of that. Also with us this evening is attorney Patrick Frascogna. I'm told that he pronounces it in the proper Italian manner. And he is representing John in what promises to be a landmark legal action over this whole matter. I'll find out more about John at www.therendlshamforestincident.com. So, John Burroughs, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. And uh, Frank Fisconia, welcome as well. Pat, sorry, Frank, sorry. I see our... Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm just all over the place today. But welcome to the show. <laughs> All righty, so you, let's let's get on with this this uh, this uh, train wreck, as it were. So, uh, John, I I don't think there's uh, any regular listener to either editions of the show that we uh, do who isn't an expert on the Rendlesham Forest case by now because of all the coverage we've given it over the years. I mean, geez, I I can I lose count with my hands how many to- how many hours we've spent on this whole series. Uh, but there are bound to be some listeners who aren't familiar with it. So before we get into any new information uh, tonight, can you give us a rundown on uh, what happened to you at the Rendlesham Forest in uh, December of 1980? Sure. Uh, a quick rundown is the incident took place at the largest tack fighter wing in the Air Force at the time in England. It was in the county of Suffolk. The twin bases were Aria Bentwaters Woodbridge. Um, the first night of a three-night uh, particular incident, 
when um, started on early in the hours of December 26, where strange lights were seen. We went out and investigated it, and that's where we had some very interesting interaction with whatever we dealt with. On the second night, there was uh, some light seen again, and there was some interaction between the on-duty shift commander and flight sergeant at the time. The third night um, is the what they call the Colonel Halt incident, where you have the Halt document that was written off of it, which did include the first night. And you also have the Halt tape where it describes some interaction that went on with Colonel Halt's team. And I saw also was present out there during uh, that incident. Well, that was very quick summary. Usually people take... 20 minutes to summarize it. So what has happened to you since? Well, we, uh, about three years ago, uh, three and a half years ago at first, I, I got tired of, um, hearing everybody else tell me what happened to me and all the uh, explanations they were doing. And I decided because of my background in investigations and stuff, I would just go ahead and start taking a close look at it myself, start contacting people that were involved, taking a look at facts, looking for anything out there, you know, that I could find that could help support what happened to us. Um, and during that time frame, I made contact with Jim, who joined joined with me, and we started a, what, what's been over now a three-year investigation on what went on. During that time frame and prior even to it, I'd had some heart problems and everything else. But also during this time frame, I got extremely sick twice. The first time wasn't as bad as the second, where the second time I almost died and was close to after having a heart transplant, which all ties into what happened to us in the field. Um, we also met about halfway through the investigation, our attorney, Pat Briscona, And to be honest with you, if we hadn't met him and he hadn't started helping us, we wouldn't be where we are today. Okay. So this would be a question for both of you. Uh, and Pat, uh, jump in here. What's... Um what 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 lies ahead for you fellas? I understand there's a lawsuit pending. What, what's I know, Ben's mom being uh, uh, in the Apparently, law business. Yeah. I know you can't talk about pending litigation, but what can you tell us about what's what's going to happen here? Is that for me, Ben? Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, Paul. The um, well, of course, we're waiting now. We're working through what you might just call normal channels to try to acquire the information that uh, that we're looking for for John chiefly as medical records. Once everything is exhausted in that manner, then of course the last recourse is the filing of a lawsuit. Um, we're getting closer to exhausting the normal channels, as I just mentioned, in trying to uh, get all the information that uh, we want. And uh, to be frank with you, I think that's where we're going to end up, is filing the lawsuit, because it's quite obvious at this point that somebody doesn't want to release all the information. Have they given you any reasons why they don't want to release the information? Well, from my standpoint, I've always looked at it this way. It was either two reasons. One, the black operations, black ops type project that somehow 33 years later still hasn't shown up at an air show near any of us. I find that a little bit difficult to believe, mm. that it could still be something that exotic. Uh, unless when you in, when, when you talk about exotic, you're including that it's some sort of some sort of equipment or apparatus that's not indigenous to Earth. So as strange as that might seem, as well, the point is, after this many years, for there to be this much difficulty acquiring what is really just you know, 
fundamental or mundane kind of information, in this case, John's medical records, uh, one has to start looking at other possibilities. And I think the possibility that we're dealing with something that uh, they're going to try to hold, you know, the gates closed to as long as possible, that's what we're dealing with. Okay. John, what do you feel health-wise has happened to you because of, or, or even if it's indirectly related to the Rendlesham incident? Well, immediately after the incident, and it wasn't just me that had issues, but other people had started having health issues too, but I started having heart issues, and the interesting thing with the heart issues is the type of um, heart problems I have, I would never have been allowed to enter the Air Force, and to expand on what Pat was saying, um, we started through Pat, besides FOIA, which he can go into a little bit. I think he needs to talk a little bit about the uh, stalling and what happened to our FOIA request. We started with Senator Kyle. It's been over a year. It was over a year and a half ago. And it came out during the time with contact with Senator Kyle. There was a good possibility my medical records were in the classified VA record section, which I had never heard of. Um, he attempted at that point after realizing that could be the possibility to have me go ahead and file for disability um, and make a claim. And then he would try to attempt to find out they were classified or not. Um, he actually re sent a letter several months later saying that he was no longer going to be able to help me because he was retiring and to go ahead and contact Senator McCain's office. Senator McCain's office took over and has made a little headway. But the interesting thing, Paul, is is one of the things that happened during the, the time with the VA was the VA came back and denied my claim at first saying I wasn't even in the Air Force from 1979 to 1982. Unbelievable. They really did. And when McCain's office got involved and then they followed up with the Air Force, the Air Force just flat out told them I wasn't in. And it took, it, we just now have got the Air Force to admit that I was in after over 30 days of work with that, including um, an aide out of Prescott and then another aide out of, of Phoenix, plus people working out of D.C., where the Air Force finally at least admitted after overwhelming documentation that I was in. But, that, and as the guy out of Phoenix that runs McCain's office said, the aide out of Prescott did a yeoman's job even to get them to admit I was in. And then the second part is, though, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to get my records through any any way, shape, or form because of the feet pushback from the Air Force itself. And one of the things that um, uh, Senator Kyle's said, office said was that, and this is something that doesn't just pertain to like myself and Jim, but this also pertains to all veterans. If you're involved in something that's classified, the gaining unit, which whatever service you're in, can refuse to release your records to the VA to That's allow right. you to be treated for what's wrong with you. Yeah. Well, I'm a which veteran, is, too. It's just, just terrible. It stings Not just my for my case, but for anybody's case, that you go and you, you go out and do you know, service for your country, and because they want to turn around and try and classify it, they have no means to set something up to help you get treated. Yeah. No, I, I know just what you're talking about. It, it, it makes me very, very upset myself. Okay. Um, now, <clears throat> excuse me. I know you can't speak for others, John, but uh, you just mentioned that there are others who are going through a similar ordeal as as you have been and are. Can you tell me how many others that you know about who were there that night who were going through the same thing? <clears throat> well, to be honest, you off the top of my head, I, I, some of the people in Halt's party have never said yay or nay. I know for a fact that I've spoken with Adrian, who was out there, and he's had issues and got, you know, got denied by the VA. Um, um, 
there's Jim and I. I'm not sure about Ed. And those would be the main people that had very close interaction on the, the two different nights. That okay, I'm so that's Ed Bastenza and, uh, and Ed. Yeah, well, Adrian Bastenza and Ed Cabanza. <laughs> okay, are, that's right. Right, are the okay. ones that, um, and I'm not sure about Ed himself, but I, you know, I'm hoping that Ed kind of went undercover after he did some interviews and he had some issues, I guess. I'm hoping once we get, once we get, Pat gets to the point where we force them to admit, because that's our real goal here on this, Paul, is we, besides just getting in the VA system and getting them in, I'm in and start, we need to have access to what we encounter so we can be treated properly. You know, not just the fact, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take you in, but they need to know what, what we encountered so we can get some kind of fair and decent medical care for what happened. Okay. Well, we're coming up on our first break, everyone. <clears throat> You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benino on CBS News Sky Radio. We're talking to John Burroughs and Pat Frascalia tonight, uh, Frascalia tonight, and we will be right back to continue our discussion. Stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. Oh, darling, please believe me. I'll never do you no harm. Believe me when I tell you.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben and Paul is on my left and we are speaking with uh, uh, Pat. Pat uh, Frasconia and uh, John Burroughs of the Reynolds from Forest Incident Incidents I- Instruments. I can't can't say names, can't say words. I'm the one that should be seen all by now. Well, I I I work a lot. Anyway, enough of enough of my problems. On to other people's problems. So we're talking about the aftermath of uh, the Reynolds from Forest incidents. Okay, well, now, Pat, uh, you are the attorney in, in the, for, for John here, and I wanted to ask you about that. Matter of fact, John suggested we ask you about this, and this was one of the questions. The uh, Freedom of Information Act, or FOIA, as our alphabet soup uh, culture likes to call it, what, uh, what have you gone through trying to get John's medical records so that he can be helped for, because of things that may, may have been related to this incident? What have you gone through with FOIA? Well, you know, Paul, being an attorney, I, I always think that in terms of how you word something is the difference between winning and losing. Um, in the case of Freedom of Information Act requests or FOIA requests, it became pretty evident after, uh, I think it was about a year and a half of trying that um, that tool, if you will, um, excuse me, that it was really, it was actually useless. Uh, it didn't really matter how you worded anything. If somebody doesn't want to let up or give up information, they're not going to. Mm-hmm. And just because you send a letter and you invoke <laughs> you invoke a federal law, uh, that doesn't mean anything. Um, the recent revelations about the NSA and the extent of their uh, wiretapping or listening in to Americans or watching uh, Internet traffic is evidence right there. Just because you have a law certainly doesn't mean everybody's following it. So with FOIA, we were stopped right at the front door. Um, and it became evident after about 18 months that that was, that was just not not the key that was going to open the doors. 18 months. We sent out FOIA requests to, oh, I would say about a dozen different agencies, uh, two or three rounds, uh, actually because I tinkered with the wording. I'd referenced that a, a couple of minutes ago. Uh, it just got nothing. There's one that's outstanding right now with the Veterans Administration, which is actually a curious one, because they notified me back, oh, about a month ago, that they were working the Freedom of Information Act request that I'd sent in when I didn't send one in to them. So I, I'm not sure where that came from. So I'm going to be actually pretty interested to see what it produces. <laughs> Hmm. And if, if it produces if, something yeah. that I didn't even ask for, then I'm going to really be upset with myself. Yeah. But, uh, and the Air Force is another one um, that came back. Now, they breached FOIA by coming back a year later just to tell us that they didn't have anything. Of course, they always have an excuse as to why they didn't respond when they should have, and it's always your fault, the requester, not theirs. Right. But right. Uh, uh, bottom line is, FOIA, you can throw on the heap of other, other federal laws that um, are really just there to make everybody feel like they're empowered and that they can do something with big government, but in reality, there's nothing. 
That seems like it's sort of a history repeating itself type thing. I what comes to mind is um, oh, who was it who attempted to sue the military for LSD testing on him? I forgot his name, but I but there's a, a long list in my head of lawsuits against the U.S. military and other organizations of of that like Air Force or whatever where it just seems to take forever and there doesn't seem to be much success at the end of the day. Would you care to say something about that? Oh, I would agree. I mean, it, much much of my career as an attorney over 22 years has been uh, suing major corporations, okay? Um, you sue major corporations for violations of federal laws, here again, but they're, of course, different ones, commercial litigation that I've done. They're not going to turn over to you just because you ask for it through the court system. They're not going to turn over to you documents that are going to show that they've done something wrong. Mm. You've got to find a way to get them out of them. And it's kind of the same thing as I see it with FOIA. Uh, if there's something that's uh, classified or whatever, they're not going to even tell you that necessarily. They're just going to tell you they don't have it, period. And um, that's, a, that's what you got to deal with. So FOIA, for our purposes, has proven to be absolutely useless. All right. Well, I have heard from various sources who have been through things like this on various issues that the information they eventually did receive uh, under FOIA was later found not to be accurate. I mean, have you heard of cases of false information being disseminated in order to satisfy the law when they bother to do that? But wouldn't that be perjury? What about perjury? What not perjury. It's, it's, the, it's not under oath, but yeah. It's, I mean, the lawyer's at the other end of the line here. So. Yeah, no, it's just... Well, I don't know who's going to hold it. I'm not, I am not familiar with that, but that doesn't surprise me either. Yeah. And I, and I do think there are instances where things are released. But I think now it's probably more for the purpose of making you continue to believe that it is a useful federal law for the public right. to use. But, uh, in other but, words, what they're giving up is no... no no, no real importance. There, there were three things interesting that came out of this, though, Paul. Um, Pat can tell you a couple of the things that were interesting. We, we got contacted, or he did originally, by OSI. And, Pat, why don't you explain, because that's, you know, that's something that happened. They even had <laughs> gave us a false form to fill out, and they still haven't even answered our, our answer, even after what they did to us. That that's true, and then uh, was it? I believe the State Department that said the Air Force had the records; they didn't have them. Or that the yeah, it, the state. Yeah, the State them. Department said they had records on file on the incident. And the interesting thing with that is, is 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 overseas OSI works for Department of State, and if Department of State was contacted, that means because it was an international incident. So therefore, they have stuff on file on the incident but they couldn't release it to us because it belonged to the Air Force. But, of course, the Air Force response is what, Pat? They uh, have nothing on file on uh, on on the Rendlesham Forest incident. Yeah, they play handball right. with each other. Yeah. All right. Now, as, as, as I understand it, this question for both of you, whether you've had any information on this, if, if they will not release documents or are reluctant to release documents, they're supposed to, and if they're classified, they're supposed to have, a, they're supposed to have an expiration date. The classifications have a shelf life. Yes. Has anybody given you an expiration date or, or a, a de- declassification date for John's medical records or anything else? Is they're well, supposed you know, to tell you. It, 
this is kind of like the Phoenix Lights incident or the, uh, what was it, 06, the, uh, whatever it was over O'Hare. Getting the government to even acknowledge that anything happened over there in England in 1980. Other than the Halt memo, there's really nothing else out there. Uh, Getting anything from the government today, you know, in, in 2013, even acknowledging that something unusual happened, you can't. I mean, it's just so... It's just easier to they just say nothing. Yeah, nothing, nothing happened. Well, we've had just about every we've had every major witness I think on the show, including John, many times. John, I think you have the record. Uh, and, okay. Yeah, and it, it's there are several different interpretations of what happened. I mean, John and Jim have have an opinion on that. Uh, Larry Warren had an opinion, has a different opinion, and not that they necessarily disagree, but whatever they were experiencing, they have an opinion of that might uh, not be the same as other people's. And uh, we have a third opinion from um, several other people who thought it was a Russian uh, device of some kind, uh, but, but whatever. So uh, I just, uh, can we just go back and look, John, very briefly at what you think this was, what you believe this, well, I know the answer, but maybe the audience does. What, what do you believe this was? Well, that I, I don't really think you do know the answer. I mean, Paul, because I mean, <laughs> it, Pat's laughing because it's, there's been so many twists and turns. Absolutely, and, 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 mm-hmm. and I don't like to, um, I don't like to do this, but I got, I have no choice in this. There are so many things that have gone on behind the scenes on this incident that, and I'll be honest with you, some of them may never see the light of day, mm-hmm. and but it because of the fact that it's classified, and. The, the 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 thing with it is, is there's been people that have said they believe it's alien. The, the one thing that I can tell you is Jim and I have never said what we saw out there was alien. Okay, right. That's what right. I will tell you is this, which I can't say much about yet, and I know people get frustrated. Is we during our investigation and, and and working through channels and doing things, and it's surprising what happens when you're doing stuff behind the scenes and you stay quiet. We've uncovered some stuff that may give people a lot clearer picture on what the world governments know, what what's going on. Um, and and Nick Pope a long time ago. This is long before I even met him, and and, and even wanted to you know agree to do anything with him on the book. And Jim and I did made a statement that he felt the Rendlesham incident could be the holy grail of ufology, mm-hmm. and a lot of people scoff at that. Well, okay, give us a chance. When when we put out what we've uncovered, and the ramifications of what it means, and the ability for people to also do their own looking into it and understanding. I think that statement's going is a is a very true statement and how what's going on with everything well not I shouldn't say everything but some of what's going on out there will make people understand what we're really dealing with and what our governments are doing about it. Well, we have a few more minutes till the break, John, but I, this might be a really good time. I know you can't say a lot about the book, but if you could just uh, tell people what the title is, when when it's coming out and uh, whatever else you can tell us about it, this is a good time. Um, Encounters at Rendlesham Forest, it's supposed to come out in March of next year. It's, it involves an investigation that Jim and I did over three years. 
and and different people involved besides us you know different things um it covers a broad aspect of stuff that you know what we've looked at how we've looked at it how it could tie in um there's a whole chapter written by pat because there's a lot more about the legal stuff that's going on really okay it's still behind the scenes that we can't bring out yet and and one of the things is very clear is like you said we can't divulge what we're going to do next you know what i mean legally um so there's a lot more to it and there's a lot of things that we can't even bring out right now that we've uncovered but it it, it just it's it's a it's going to be a good book that's going to lay out a lot of things about rendlesham and 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 involves nick pope and he he knew a lot of stuff behind the scenes you know he may not have been a first-hand witness out there but you know most of these other authors have written books they weren't a witness to it and they didn't have any real inside knowledge to it you have to say nick pope of anybody has a lot of inside knowledge and and the british have been very open about this incident or a lot more open than the united states has and uh like i said there's a lot of stuff to this and like including a lot of those missing documents okay the british said they lost so there's going to be a lot in there and a lot to this and even some of this legal stuff that's going on and some of the other things that are well, I can't see it. And, and for those who don't know, Nick Pope is the uh, was an official of the British Ministry of Defense who was responsible for their UFO desk and information. And he has been a tremendous help. He, he sounds suspiciously like the guy who introduces this show with the English accent, I always thought. And he, he's been on our show many times uh, with John in, in some cases. So in any case, that uh, is something we'll look forward to very much, John. Uh, we are coming up on another break, and we'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. We'll continue our discussion with John Burroughs and Pat, Pat Frasconia on this very, very twisted and interesting situation with the Reynolds Forest case. Stay with us. Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where leading spiritual experts serve as guides to nourish your soul. Every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura, and Kira. Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lear. PSI 911 with Katie, Rhonda, and Christy. Life by Number with Celeste. And your Reiki journey with Heidi Harrison. Spiritually Speaking Radio for the Soul. CBS Radio's The Sky. I'd rather dance and talk with 
this is a chance of misinterpretation. So let your hips do the talking. Smile by really getting into the swing, 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 getting into the Is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And welcome back as we continue our discussion with Rendlesham Forest Incident eyewitness John Burroughs and his attorney, Pat Frasconia. Now, uh, Fellows, you were both at the citizens' hearings on UFO disclosure in April and May, um, late April, first few days of May. What, what's the story there? I, I understand there were six members of Congress who were present at this. It was not an official congressional hearing, but uh, they were there. And um, what, what, was, what was the reaction of these congressmen? The informa- first of all, what information was presented and what was their reaction? Go ahead, Pat. Uh, okay. Uh, there were six former members including, John, was it one or two senators? I can't remember. I believe it was two senators and four congress. Um, four represent, former representatives. Uh, held at the National Press Club. Steve Bassett had put that on. Did a great job, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe our, our testimony, was it three hours or a little bit more, John? I can't remember now, but it was pretty lengthy. Yeah, we, and, got, we were uh, the only one to get two sessions. So, yeah, it was over right. three hours. And these folks that were sitting, the Congress people, they, you know, none of them that I'm aware of knew anything or had any real interest in the the topic. But after the testimony, you could tell that they all had the same kinds of questions and thoughts about what's going on here um, and what happened out there. And it's always satisfying to see that kind of uh, reaction from people who, previously haven't given much attention to this topic, the kind of topics that uh, Paul and Ben that you put, you know, put on your show. Yeah. Because they just don't, they just don't, aren't exposed to it or they don't pay attention. But these folks did, and when they did, you could tell it was like opening the window and the light coming in. And uh, they could see what was going on and gave it uh, serious attention. It was uh, interesting. And they ended up, I drafted a letter for all six to sign, which all six signed for us to send to the president, which we did, and then five of the six signed for us to send to the head of the Veterans Administration. Um, The one that did not sign was because she knew him personally and didn't want to take part. But uh, those letters went out. We got 
absolutely no response to me, the one which I find fascinating. Okay, but, but how, many, how many veterans, I'm sorry, how, how many veterans were there who have had similar stories to John? Well, I, I had to return after my part in the hearing. John, you were there for the whole week. Can you answer that? There, there was there was other incidents. Um, uh, there was um, there was one guy there who was there for his father that had an encounter. Um, there was the, the the highlight of the whole thing to me, and and I'm saying from my personal standpoint was the military guys that Steve got to come and talk about what went on, not just from the United States but from the different other countries of the world, to include high ranking officials from in, down in South America, and just the military guys talking about what they saw and what, what, you know, what kind of like one of the pilots, what, what, what he saw happen and, you know, and what went on and, and for people out there, I, I understand skepticism towards what, what's going on just because of everything else, but you, you can't stop and not wonder now what the heck is flying around in our skies and what's going on. And for the government to be arrogant enough to say none of this is of defense significance just blows me away considering what some of this can do and what's going on. And so either they have some really interesting inside information or, you know, they're just not being truthful. And there's just too many, and I'm not discounting civilian people that have seen things, but when you have guys out there involved with military that are flying airplanes and stuff, you know, and see these things and, and ha interact with them, it, it's just amazing to think that, that the way the government tries to deny what's going on. Well, I'm going to ask you fellows what we ask Steve Bassett whenever he's on. Steve, of course, is, is a real hero. He's sort of a, an activist in this realm and has organized these uh, meetings at the National Press Club and a uh, wonderful fellow. However, he he has answered in a way that I don't, I don't really find satisfying. And the question is, what if, you know, if, if the government, whatever the government knows or whatever governments know, or even if it's not the government, because we sometimes wonder if it really is them who is keeping the plug in this, what if the information is so frightening, so horrifying, so, I don't know, sort of something that, that, that would cut to the essence of what it is to be human uh, in a negative way, would they not be justified in keeping it a secret? Either of you. Can Pat, go ahead well, first. My, my reaction to that, my knee-jerk reaction uh, would be that I don't need my government you know, making those decisions for me. Okay, um, that's what Steve that's, says. That's not the role my government's supposed to be, be taking uh, in my life. But, um, but I, I think that is what's going on, and when you say government, that's that's a really broad term, you know. Sure because is. It's it's not every it's not every member of Congress. It's not uh, every postmaster general or anyone else that knows about this. It's only a very few people, and it's hidden deep within the government. So, those are the people. Um, working under the aegis of the federal government, of course, but those are the people that, yes, are keeping this from everyone else. No doubt I'll, about it. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go a step further with that. We're working on a case, have been since 05, when Ben first joined me in these uh, shenanigans, mm. uh, <clears throat> that has start, it started with ghosts, people thought were ghosts, and it has led into just about everything, including strange aircraft, a possible base, 
and this is in the middle of New England, you know, so I mean, it's not like middle of nowhere. And we, we just somehow are suspicious sometimes about the possibility that maybe the government is not the only player here. Maybe there's some, something or someone else pulling some strings here. And maybe the government hasn't, either doesn't know all that much, which I personally find hard to believe, as you would, uh, but that they don't really have the um, authority, authority or power. Or ability or power, and that, that they're, they're impotent in many ways in the face of whatever else this is. Because there's, there are just, there are characteristics to what we've looked at that are just, that seem to be beyond government to me. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, what's, I know that's pure speculation, but what say you? Well, I'll, I'll jump on that real fast before Pat says something. There's a couple things. Number one, that question alone leads to the fact that if if it's the possibility, why don't we know about it? Because, I mean, yeah, okay, they can't control it completely, but if there is interaction going on with people and there's a threat, there needs to be more done about it. And the second thing is what most people don't stop and wonder to me is, well, wouldn't it be interesting if one of the governments of the world or more, or a group was able to harness this and use it and what that, how that would change everything that goes on? Funny you should in, say that. In, mm. in, 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 in what, where we live and what we go on, on with. And as far as looking at both scenarios, I, you know, it's one thing – National security is important. I, I, I've never, I've been in, I was in the military for over 26 years, but there's a fine line between national security and 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 withholding information that could be vital to civilization itself. Yeah. Okay, Pat. Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think. Um, I think I was thinking as you were talking of General Ramey going back to the Roswell case. General Rainey being the one that killed the story um, of what happened there. And I think it's kind of been a snowball effect. I think ever since then, particularly, that's just been the way it's been dealt with and it's been shoved deeper and deeper as a lie. And let's face it, at this point, it's kind of hard for anybody to come out and say, look at what we've been lying to you about all these years. <laughs> yeah. Kind of begs mm. the question, well, what else have you been lying to? Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. So, all right. That's, that's where I feel that. Okay. So if if it's so useless to go up against these people, why sue them if if you oh, do because, so? Because because you always have to try. You can't say, I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah, you got to keep that. fighting. You can never stop. Yeah, you're right. And, it, and, it's only, and it's only steady pressure over time. We may not be the ones to make this happen to dislodge the truth. But we will be part of an effort over time, if nothing else. And that that's enough. I mean, right. just to have been part of it to try to make it happen. I want it to happen on my watch with my client. Yes, I do. But I'm, I'm a realist, and I understand that I'm fighting up just with John at my side and Jim Penniston against some titanic forces here. And okay. hmm. But it's going it's to take steady pressure over time. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll see it. Well, well, I, I, I respond to that. Yeah. There, there's a congress. The congressman that was on the committee said, and and he he's the one that wanted the letter written. He said, "You got to take this brick by brick. You can't mm -hmm. expect, you know, it to all fall down in one try. But you've got to take it brick by brick, and eventually, if you expose enough stuff, something's going to have to get." 
I respect that. Okay. Well, believe it or not, we have another break. And uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio and our fascinating guests, John Burroughs and Pat Frisconia. So stay with us. We'll be right back to continue our discussion of uh, this very, very confused situation. Mm. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. In times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to the final segment of Behind the Paranormal. Because time is so precious, let's get immediately back to our topic. So, take it away. Now, I wanted to ask you fellows, uh, John and Pat, about the media. 
uh, the mainstream media, and uh, you know, we're I guess we're sort of the the, the, the paranormal press, if you want to say. I've been a journal, a real uh, journalist for thirty five years, so maybe even good alliteration. Yet, but uh, actually, if if uh, is the media, the mainstream media, t- treating this subject, particularly your situation, John, any more seriously than they used to? Well, I mean, in general, in general, I think that will change when this book comes out. And, you know, there's a lot in it that's going to explain some stuff. I mean, if you look at not just our case, but any case like, you know, that involves the paranormal UFOs and anything else. I mean, the way the media is set up today, it's hit and go. I mean, even if you look at some of the stuff that's going on with the NSA, the IRS and everything else, it doesn't stay around very long. And most people's focus and attention um, overall are – are out there are towards trying to survive every day and but the thing to me that sets out not just in the media but in general there's two questions that most people that go to just to the point of people's you know the foundation that's faith in god and are we alone mm-hmm. and i think they're, they're hot topics and and they cause a lot of friction and a lot of issues but at the end of the day I think slowly but surely things are coming around and more and more things are coming out there that it looks like we're not alone and and the different things that are going on and what what's opening up and and are are we being set up for disclosure a lot of people think we are you know and if if it is I'm not so sure I believe what I'm going to be told totally but you almost have to believe that if you have faith and you believe in God and how we were created but you also have to believe that probably we're not the only ones out there. So then you have to look at, are we alone and what are we dealing with? Oh, yeah, that really does scare a lot of people, those two questions in particular. But I yes, agree, it does. I agree 100%, John. I think that, uh, that that's very well put. You know, as a professional journalist for many years, mostly in newspapers as a reporter and editor, I, I have to say that I think that Many journalism colleagues of mine today are very interested in this subject. I'm contacted by a lot of old cronies from like the Providence Journal and, and, and such who say, oh, gee, I see you're into this now. Isn't that interesting and everything? Whereas uh, professionally, they wouldn't dare write about it or give it any credibility because they think that they'll be laughed at by their readers or listeners. Mm. Whereas in fact, I think that there is tremendous interest. I mean, look, look at the look at the listenership of this show. The tremendous interest out there. Oh yeah, rank and file. Well, people. but it's a hot topic item, and and it causes huge debate. But then you have to look at science itself, and you're going to find out. I think more and more, and behind the scenes, we've seen some things that there's a lot of scientists now that are taking a hard look at this for different reasons, and hopefully that will come out. And I, and I could tell you one thing that's moved me over the years. Is, is is contact the movie and Sagan himself. Yeah. Sagan, before he died, I believe, or even way before he died, knew a, a lot of what was going on and had some insight behind the scenes. And even though the move, the way the movie's presented, I think there's quite a bit of it in there that touches close to home on what's what we're dealing with, what's going on, and how science looks at it and how they deal with it. And and I think if people have a moment or two of their time to reflect on two things their faith and are we alone and be open to the possibilities of what they mean i think that we we could make a breakthrough on a lot of things that are going on that are being withheld and and what people are afraid to deal with i think you're absolutely right i think one of the reasons uh, at least given in the early days for not for not 
disclosing information was that society would fall apart. You know, people would, uh, th- th- their faith would be destroyed. And I, I, I think this would, depending on what it is, it would enhance people's knowledge and faith, I, I would think. And, and I get this all the time, because as well as having been in the military, I was in the seminary for many years, and I, I was never ordained, but I got most of the education. And people say, well, how can you deal with this subject? And you and, you and I have talked about this, John. How do we deal with this subject when, when we are people of faith? You know, what, what do we do with information like UFOs or ghosts? I mean, what does it mean? And there are all kinds of interesting meanings. And I think the way we look at the paranormal, whether it be UFOs or anything else, it can provide great insights into how things work in the universe. And, and, and it really glorifies many Absolutely. of our beliefs. Absolutely. Yeah, well, what could be more what could be more beautiful than knowing that there were more of God's children out there? Well, exactly. Um, Go ahead, and, Pat, keep going. You know, you're you're so, on a roll. <laughs> so, well, something I first of all, when it comes to this topic, I never try to convince anybody of what mm-hmm. to believe. I think I think it's a personal it's a, a personal journey of discovery. Yeah, it's a, a cosmic journey, as the, we call it. <laughs> but for those for those that insist we are alone. I always tell them, okay, that's fine. If we are God's finest creation in this universe, let's start acting like it. Mm. And that always makes them say nothing. Because if this is the pinnacle of his creation, we're not doing a very good job in my view. So I I don't see it being an affront, really, at the core of it, of anyone's beliefs. If If they truly give it consideration, it is actually a very joyful thing to know that we are brothers and sisters. Well put. Well put. Certainly agree. Okay, so gentlemen, what what is your next step from here in this whole go process? Ahead, go ahead, Pat. <laughs> well, uh, John's already used the um, metaphor of taking the bricks out of the wall. That's what we're going to keep doing. Hopefully the wall will fall on our watch and we can finally walk over the rubble into the other side. But um, at the very least, we hope to be able to peek through it when we pull out a brick here and there. Okay. Well, if the um, Berlin Wall can fall, so can this. Look at, yeah, look at it from this standpoint, Paul. Um, for all the skeptics out there, if, if all that nothing really happened to us, why so much resistance from the government in so many different yeah. ways about this? And, and the fact that, that 33 years later, this is locked down like it happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the fact, and I, I'm going to go back to Nick Pope's statement. He felt, based on different things that he was involved with, that, that Reynoldson was the holy grail to, to this whole thing, to ufology itself, which, you know, ufology is open to interpretation, but it could open up the door to people understanding better what, what we're dealing with and whether we're alone or not. Very true. Well, that's a great way to end the show, fellas. We're just about out of time. Thank you very much for a very interesting discussion, and we'll be in touch. Thanks for thanks Thank for you. having us on. Okay, it's been a pleasure. All righty. Okay, folks, just Thank a reminder you. that we will have a drawing on our Monday, October 7th show for two free family packs of four tickets each to the first New England UFO conference in Leominster, Massachusetts, on Saturday, October 26th. Among the speakers will be some of the UFO experts who are regulars on our show, Stanton Friedman, Kathleen Martin, Peter Robbins, among others. And Ben and I will be there to interview them before a live audience, and they'll take questions from the audience, too. And we just learned that we ourselves are going to be speakers at that event, too. So all you have to do to enter is send an email to us at paulatbehindtheparanormal.com or drop us a snail mail at Behind the Paranormal Care of WOON 1240 AM 985 Park Avenue, 
Winsocket, Rhode Island, 02895. So please include your name and address and phone number. Uh, there's no charge to enter, and since we're already receiving entries uh, from everywhere in the uh, multiverse and the world, we should point out that the uh, drawing is only for the tickets, and it does not provide accommodations or transportation if you win and happen to live in Indonesia. And again, the drawing will take place on the air on Monday, October 7th. And on December 8th, we are scheduled to do our 500th show, and that will be right here on CBS New Sky. We'd like to hear your suggestions for what you'd like us to do with that show. So drop a line to us, Ben at BehindTheParanormal.com or Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com. Paranormal. Um, okay. So, again, you can... Uh, we better, I suppose, move on because we're just about out of time. Yes. All right. We are extremely out of time, so just go right okay. to the quote. All right, just go right to the quote. Uh, we'll leave you this evening with some good advice from American actor Will Smith. Throughout life, people will make you mad, disrespect you, and treat you badly. Let God deal with the things they do, because hate in your heart will consume you too. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. <laughs>